You're listening to Not Just Sets and Reps, a show to help you boost your gains in health, fitness and well-being. My name's Mikey Lau. And my name is George Willard. We are both personal trainers, health and fitness professionals from Southampton Solent University. We'll be sitting down to discuss ways to maximise your time in and outside of the gym. With quality resources that you can use to make an impact. Hello guys and welcome back to another podcast. Today we are joined with our normal and regular co-host Mikey and we've also got a special guest on today. She's somebody that I've personally never met in my life before but she is a treat. She's um, she's a lovely person for what I've gathered and I think you're really going to enjoy her company today. So Rosie, if you wanted to kind of introduce yourself, what you do and yeah, just Let's hear let's um hear more about yourself. Hi, so I'm Rosie. Um on Instagram I'm Fitness by Rosie B. Um so I've always been into sports my whole life and so I ended up getting into sort of personal training through having my own chronic illness. I found sort of the sport and training really helped. Um and yeah, so now want to help others so I've just finished my level four nutrition qualification and I'm looking to keep growing that's amazing as always and um and yeah and definitely like that's that's really interesting you know you you've actually got into fitness through your own personal journey which is I think quite a lot of people do as well but um but yeah I, I, I think that's a really interesting um background it's like a little superhero well superhero origin story oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you, you speak too highly of me honestly <laughs> But yeah, no, that's pretty just out, cool. Just out of curiosity, Rosie, and I think the audience would quite like to hear maybe a bit more about your story in a bit more detail. But if you wouldn't mind sharing, and just for my own personal benefit as well, how what your story involved and and what it and how you really got into into fitness. So, um, I was always sporty growing up. I absolutely loved. I was hockey. I was going for. I was in the regional team. I was a goalkeeper. Um, another weird fact about me. Um, <laughs> And I absolutely loved it, but I fell ill when I was 14 with various chronic illnesses. I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue um, and just sort of written off by a lot of healthcare professionals. It was quite mm. difficult. Um, I was completely sofa bound, like literally barely could walk up and down the stairs. Um, and I was told that I basically needed to stop doing everything that I was doing. And it just didn't sit right with me. Um, so I started by walking to the end of the road, <laughs> would literally have to sit down for about an hour afterwards just to try and compose myself again. Gosh. Um, mm. I was off school for four months and I started building it up, started running, started with five minutes, built up to 10 minutes and soon I was running 10 miles and yeah, I just sort of fell in love with it and how it made me feel because it really helped me improve my symptoms. I slowly went back to school, um, and started training in the gym as well, the personal trainer myself. And that's when um, it sort of really inspired my love for fitness and training rather than just the actual sports side, which I always felt quite high pressured, um, especially when I developed the chronic illness. I really struggled with it because I didn't want to let the team down if I was ill. And I wasn't very reliable at that particular point with my health issues, um, especially being the goalkeeper. It's not a very easily replaceable position. So, yeah, I stopped doing sport and just really fell in love with the training, building muscle. Um, I love seeing sort of like lines in my back, in my shoulders um, mm. and just building size. And it sort of fell from there, really. Um, when I started doing my A-levels, it all just got too much. I sort of managed to <laughs> batter my way through um, GCSEs, spent most of the time learning at home from powerpoints and sort of emails um did really well in my GCSEs did my AS maths and it just hit a wall I was just struggling um mm. like trying to teach myself at home my A-levels was quite a challenge <laughs> and I was just so sick of it so I dropped out of school did my PT qualification um and went from there really wow yeah. it's is, it is quite the story isn't it like honestly I applaud you for for what you've achieved and um and you know been through and overcome is this really really inspiring um and I think you know you'll make you know you're 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 an amazing coach you know from what you're doing online with your clients and stuff like that so full respect 
Thank you. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I love helping people more than anything. A lot of people come to me, sort of, mm. ever, all my clients who do have chronic illnesses in particular, they all have this incredible story that backs them up. And a lot of chronic illnesses do come from a lot of misdiagnosis and mm. things like that. So, mm. yeah, when people finally sort of start to break through all this um, misconceptions of it, all, it's amazing. That's wow. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with us because that's that's quite a humbling story. And I I mean, you've certainly built up quite a, a decent following on social media. And like you said, you know, you've got lots of clients that come to you, possibly sharing a similar story themselves. And so, not only are you inspiring others, but you're you know, like you're you're inspiring people just through the power of social media. And I think you you're quite hot on the the power and the potential that social media offers people because it's it brings about that sense of community would you agree yes no definitely and it's amazing because I've connected with people like I've got clients over in the states um I've had people reach out from Finland I'm currently talking to someone from France um it's amazing sort of bringing all these different people Mm. together um, and learning all their backgrounds and it's interesting I have to like coming up with like having to break through language barriers and things like this <laughs> international, but, um, international pt <laughs> yeah but it is amazing and it's like it's amazing learning about their culture and sort of how they live as well um yeah so yeah a lot has come from it it's a very rewarding job and it's only the start right this is just the start for you this is just the start i have big hopes and dreams i've always wanted <laughs> I've always been told and taught by my parents to sort of aim for the top of wherever I want to be. So, yeah, just going to keep growing, keep getting more qualifications Mm. and keep growing with experience as well. I'd love to hear that. That's amazing. And and yeah, speaking of your qualification, I mean, you've uh, brought it up briefly just now about nutrition. So I think that's a really, really interesting topic. And, you know, we're going to dive right into that today. but yeah, Definitely. like with the nutrition side, like uh, what 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 do you you know what's what's the biggest misconception in terms of nutrition at the moment? Um, you could just help. People. Big question there, Mikey. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people it's just like you have to eat clean to be healthy. Mm. I think that is the biggest misconception. I've seen it in yourself, Mikey, as well. Oh yeah, that's um, it. <laughs> it's, people think it's either all in or nothing and sort of people tried to take extreme actions um to towards a fat loss goal and it often ends up failing um because it's not maintainable in the long term so it's being able to i think there's so much out there these days that enables you to actually lose weight or reach a goal that is even really quite extreme for example bodybuilding while still having some sort of level of flexibility and living your life um which is what a a lot of people forget it's sort of right i'm starting on monday and i'm going to cut out all junk food and that's just not necessarily um the right way of doing it it can often lead to a lot of binging and other issues Mm. like that as well yeah i i I think i agree and you're not wrong um when you say that you've seen it in me as well (laughs) i definitely (laughs) had some weird things going on with my diets uh now and then once in a while but um, but just yeah. out of curiosity, what's the? Have you been on any like cr- like crazy diets or anything, um, or is this just mainly stuck with what you know? Um, well, before I knew loads about nutrition and stuff like that, um, I sort of struggled with my own eating habits, and I was very much all or nothing. Um, for ages, I went through weird periods of time where I almost went keto, um, oh, wow. sort of unknowingly. <laughs> um, many many years ago now and I've always loved food I absolutely love cooking and anyone that does follow me on Instagram can definitely see that in my stories and I get a lot of messages about recipes so I love spending time putting stuff into my food but I did just go for a bit of a weird point where I just sort of cut out carbs I didn't really know what I was doing but it's one of those phases that I think was sort of advertised over social media and it's sort of on those extremes that works brilliantly for some people but it just wasn't for me and it didn't make me feel good I lost a lot of weight and just wasn't healthy in my mindset with it all yeah that's that's a great point Rosie and I don't know about you but I do love my food as well (laughs) I think anyone's silly if they don't because food has such 
well food is such an integral part of of life of of culture of religion of anything food is what keeps us alive at the end of the day and to embrace the full array of of food the good the bad whatever then that's the full experience of, of what food can offer us but in terms of because I, I know you mentioned social media there and of course we know the likes of instagram are booming now with with um recipe cookbooks posts about you know avocado seems to be a common trend in 2020 yeah. how do you compare yourself to people because i, I feel like people will see posts on Instagram in mm. particular and then people tend to build up a judgment or a sense of comparison against someone that frankly they can't compare themselves to just because of genetics or um, biological reasons or financial reasons and it's just a common trap isn't it and I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that like yourself but people do have a tendency now to compare themselves to people who just shouldn't be comparing themselves to yeah no I completely understand and I think Instagram and social media is amazing in so many aspects it does open your eyes to a lot of things but I feel like people can get trapped into the idea of just because they follow this person and that's their idol that they should be doing exactly that and it's just not the case and I know so many people are sort of pro keto or um very against it a lot of the opinions in the nutritional world are very extreme and sort of my standing on it all is there's a diet out there for everyone for Mm. everyone sorry and it really depends on the individual person so for some people I'd be very anti-keto but for example some people it would work amazingly for and Mm. it's like a lot of other diets out there that's just one example um and I think people are getting into the trap into sort of a very narrow sort of mindset of just because this one person does it means that it works for them and everyone else yeah of course and do you think there's there's a gap in knowledge potentially that people maybe have misconceived ideas or don't fully understand what what could be involved in the type of diet or or even just going back to the basics i mean knowledge is key right yeah, I, and I think there are a lot of influencers out there that are sort of giving out meal plans that don't necessarily have the qualifications to back them. And um, it's just very... It's, there are a lot of impressionable younger people as well who are falling into the traps of sort of misconceptions around nutrition, like myself when I was younger, and I decided to basically cut out carbs just because I thought it's what should be done yeah and it's um, so common especially amongst you know the female population carbs are bad but it's not always the case is it honestly right now i i've built my nutrition up i mean i'm at the end of my improvement season i'm on more carbs than a lot of people i know both men and women sort of in the general population yeah. and i'm loving it um yeah I've sort of really changed my mindset towards it all and I use them as fuel around my workouts and it's amazing I've never the sort of benefits I've seen in both my training and my physique have been phenomenal so and it works for me and that's the thing it's finding what works for you that's the key isn't it it's what works for Mm. you what works for the individual yeah and well thank you for that Rosie but my key I mean did you Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry, George. You just cut out for a second. Is there just uh, rephrase that again? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so the, the question was obviously Rosie made the point that a diet or a type of nutritional intake has to work for you. Mm. And before the podcast, we we spoke, didn't we, briefly about your your potato diet? So did oh, you? Oh yes, to... mate. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for those who don't really know me that well, I, I have this tendency to sort of be a bit impulsive and just uh, get right into the middle of something. I mean, to say wor- the least. To say the least, yeah, it works out really good in some situations, like in terms of work. But when it comes to like nutrition, mate, it's just like right. So here's the really quick run through the story. One day, I was like um, getting a bit bored, and I just wanted to do something. So I've decided to embark on this journey uh, of a paleo diet, and um, and yeah, so it lasted one day or less than a day actually, probably twelve <laughs> hours. And it, the morning was brilliant. I woke up, went down to the shops. Right, even the day before. I got all my stuff, 
like that's, that wasn't considered paleo uh, and just left it in the gym uh, for all my colleagues to take home. So I actually gave away some really nice stuff. I gave away like really nice pasta and some sauces and stuff. Um, and yeah, and literally like <laughs> I just the, the entire day I had potatoes, some avocados, some nuts, um, some kale, spinach, some fish as well. Um, but it has to be like a certain type of tuna if I recall, like skipjack because it's like a small tuna. So it's considered at the bottom of the food chain, so you don't pick up mercury too much along the way. Um, but yeah, like literally, this diet just mainly consisted <laughs> consisted of potatoes, so I just couldn't deal with that. So I literally, <laughs> so I literally just like had to stop and went and got a went and got a Tesco meal deal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think what I really want to uh, bring up from my own personal experience of this certain situation is I, I do feel like. You know, and Rosie did point this out to me when I embarked on this journey um, is that I think certain diets are more of a brand that's what I really feel like like mm. they sort of they, they set this standard or, or something like that um, and I just like your, what, what you think of it really like in terms of this idea that now diets can be like a brand you know you've got the paleo brand you've got the keto brand um, and they all have their own little like little groups and little cult or something like that what do you think of that? Yeah. It's all the strict rules that come with the diets. It's like, for example, intermittent fasting. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, if you break an intermittent fast, that aren't, it isn't actually really going to change a ton of things that happen. Um, it's just, but it's, it, a lot of people would say, well, that's not fasting then. For example, if you got really hungry, you had an apple and a protein shake. Um, it's People would then sort of, a lot of people really would um, sort of banish you on that and say, no, right, you're not intermittent fasting. Um, you've got to fully fast. And I think there are just so many strict rules. And um, it's like you said, fitting into a certain brand and a certain category. Um, and it doesn't have to be strict lines and strict rules. You can take bits from each diet. Like it's not, nothing bad is going to happen um, by sort of pulling things and creating sort of the diet for you um you shouldn't try to fit into a box try to make things fit you mm. i think that's really true i mean it's just i feel like yeah like you said that brand and that kind of element you know this diet is quite sexy in the sense that this this is little following and the you know this group mm. of community or something like that um and yeah i think you rightly said in terms of like the rules because i do when i did when i went on this really really brief diet it was really difficult um and the rules was like insane. There was a ton of rules and then there's like a hundred different variants of the paleo diet. And then if you don't do this variant, then you're not really paleo or something like that. Um, so yeah, no, it's a really interesting, really interesting topic uh, regarding different diets. Um, no, I agree. And I think where you sort of struggle with, like I was saying, you could follow the basis of the mm. paleo diet, but you could make it for yourself um, and sort of include foods that you enjoy because there's no harm i'm a true believer in sort of everything in moderation um i have been sort of cooking this morning a bake or tart and i will happily have a slice later i'll fit it into my macros yeah um i and i really enjoy the macros approach especially at the moment with my goals being so extreme sort of with the bodybuilding as sort of the end the end point um so i am quite religiously tracking but is there is just you don't need to sort of cut whole food groups out um and it does often lead to this over restriction and then a binging cycle which is what when i first started tracking macros i was exactly the same i was like well i can't track anything that's unhealthy i can't track um things that i have to sort of cook in a very complicated manner um Whereas my mindset now, the more I've sort of got to know it, I fit things in that I really enjoy um, as well. And that, for me, I find tracking very unrestrictive. It almost gives me the freedom. I don't have to think about, oh, should I or shouldn't I have that um, have that cake, for example, that like, I can fit it into my macros and I enjoy that. And sometimes like, I go over my macros and that's okay. Um, everyone is human and trying to sort of put yourself into a particular camp and things like that um just adds that whole restriction and i think it leads to a lot of guilt if you do end up eating 
something that isn't sort of on the list or outside the rules and it can really have negative effects on people's mindset and their relationship with food Mm, I love that that's a really good explanation what do you think of that George yeah I think that's a really good point and it's yeah you've you've definitely said that well but in terms of counting macros because I know that Rosie you're you're very hot in your bodybuilding and I truly do admire you for that. But of course, the nature of bodybuilding and what it entails for, for, the, for the result that ultimately you're trying to achieve, you do have to be very regimented and very on point as the term is often described with your nutrition. So could you maybe give some advice or some very basic tips for perhaps the more general population that wants to achieve good physical results with their health and nutrition but to avoid the common trap in failing with counting their macros through the use of apps such as MyFitnessPal? Um, so one thing that I sort of start with getting a lot of my clients to do, for example, is just keeping a food diary. Just It's not even something for me necessarily. It's something for them to look at um, and holds accountability and gets them thinking about what they are putting into their mouth. Um, because I think there is a lot of sort of habitual eating that does go on. For example, in the office, people just pick up biscuits. And if, I mean, with weight loss being very, very common and popular as a goal, um, people just don't even realise necessarily what they are eating and creating the awareness and sort of becoming more um, sort of aware as to what foods you do have in your cupboards, what foods you surround yourself with um, is a great sort of starting point. Um and also just, I think, trying to structure your meals. I, even with sort of my general population clients, you so, instead of having um, two to three meals a day, um, a lot of people do sort of come to me when they're skipping breakfast. I try to get them to think about having four to five meals a day, um, each containing some sort of level of protein, because a lot of people are really quite, have a very low protein intake as well. And of course, if you are looking to improve your body composition, um, protein is going to play a massive part of this. Mm. And spiking spiking your muscle protein synthesis across the day is the most optimal way to do it. And I mean, that's where the bodybuilder side of me comes. But anyone that has any body composition goals as well, um, it is crucial, especially if you're wanting to lose weight and maintain your muscle mass that you do have. it's crucial to start sort of basing your meals around protein because I think it is very um, under eaten in this country. Definitely, definitely. definitely. And I know we're firing a lot of questions at you, but you know, we don't often have you on the, on the podcast. So it's, it's good to kind of get your opinion, but um, I know how you alluded to weight loss goals. And of course, a large proportion of the UK population is unfortunately overweight or obese. And so, with that in mm. mind, do you think that protein could have more of a role in preventing people feeling like they, they need to eat more? Because of, I don't know about you, but when I don't have adequate protein throughout the day or even throughout a few days, I start to have cravings for certain foods. And that's yeah. probably just because I've not had that that sense of um, satiety or sense of feeling of full. Mm. And it's not just protein, it's fibre as well, isn't it? Yeah, so protein is the most satiating macronutrient due to sort of how long it takes to be broken down, Um, along with fat, actually, which is why a lot of people who just have a very simple, for example, after um, I train, I tend to have cereal and a shake. Um, But I get, although I have a stupid amount of cereal, I get incredibly hungry very quickly just because it is very simple carbs. So it's trying to think about, like you said, the fiber um, and going for more complex carbs, if that is sort of an option, a goal for you. Um, At the moment, because I have been feeling very full all the time, I'm going for the opposite. I am aiming for more simple carbs. So, um, but as soon as I enter the diet, I am going to be focusing more on higher fiber um, and protein and also spreading my fat intake across the day. Um, because that will slow down the rate of digestion. So, for example, pre-workout, it's always recommended that you have a fat source um, in your pre-workout. So, for example, dark chocolate in particular has been shown um, to potentially improve 
to have cognitive benefits during your training session as well. Um, personally, at the moment, I'm enjoying salted peanuts with my oats oh, yes. and protein shake mm. in the morning. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that just helps slow down the rate of digestion so you don't have that huge sugar spike and drop. Because, um, I mean, a lot of pre- and post-workout meals are very high in sort of more simple sugar, so having that fat spread throughout the day for the general population as well, rather than focusing it all in one meal, like fat isn't a bad food. And I think that is another misconception. Definitely. That you can say as well. Yeah. Um, so, there's yeah. good fats, there's bad fats, you know, there's good sugars, there's bad sugars. What do you believe? There's so much sort of misambiguity out there that people get overwhelmed. I think, I think overwhelmment is arguably one of the, the biggest points in which people just failed because it, frankly to eat you know there was no science around when man when man cave when you know when people cavemen were around there's no science then mm -hmm. and yet all of this science that's being produced now which is terrific but as a consequence of all this growing research brings about you know especially if social media brings about an element of confusion because there's a lot of contradictory um findings but of course like mikey tried with his paleo diet and just eating potatoes you know <laughs> that's going back to the basics isn't it and yeah ultimately yeah, often it is the basics if you can just do the basics right that gets you the best outcome yeah no exactly and i'm a strong believer i base a majority of my meals around whole foods um where possible and i do find them far more filling and it is so important to sort of have all the fiber and stuff as well. I know sort of a majority of men, for example, that I see um, in my clients and Jack, my boyfriend, for example, trying to get veg into their diets is next to impossible. I have to sort of ease sort of broccoli, <laughs> I sneak broccoli onto his plate. No way. <laughs> um, at each meal. And I think just a lot of people, because I don't know, it's just very, it's hard. I think a lot of people really struggle with nailing the basics and that's the first thing I get people to work on. I often get people to take photos of their food. Mm. Um, it's interesting to see what they're actually eating and some people track as well and seeing the difference between what they're eating and their tracking and people just don't realise sometimes um, how sort of lacking their meals can be in fibre and mm. all of these things as well. On, on a very simple level would you agree then that a more colorful plate of food is is for more a more apt plate of food in terms of nutrition quality yes no definitely I, I was listening i was watching um a podcast um video thing the other day and this guy was saying who is a nutritional therapist um that across the week you want to have at least 30 different um sort of fruit veg herbs spices and all of this um just to try and get as much variation as possible to really help reduce deficiency and of course a lot of um the more varied your diet is the better it will have on your gut microbiome which is something that is still very sort of lacking of understanding and there is so much more research coming mm. out about it now but a more varied diet can lead to a much healthier gut yeah absolutely man solid i mean i have to sit down and really take notes um this is some yeah. really really good stuff you're you're coming up with um but yeah uh I, I mean like in terms of like the diet i mean it's just it's amazing what kind of benefits you get right I know you, you spoke briefly just now about mm. deficiencies and um and i think that's I think I don't think people really realise or grasp the severeness of like deficiency and how it could really affect them, because I, I certainly didn't uh, until a couple of months ago. Because I've got these things on my knees called Oscars, Oscars slatters, um, which I think is just mainly just musculoskeletal injury. Um, but it turns out, and my girlfriend actually told me this, um, that it's it could be due to lack of vitamin D uh, as well. Uh, mm. And I never knew this. Like I've not had it for eight years. I should have known it, uh, but I didn't. Mm. <laughs> so it's, it's amazing. Like to, well, it's yeah, to me, like it just seems astounding. Um, that's such a thing, you know, that is 
that is like musculoskeletal is impacted by things you could get from the sun like it's just amazing it is it's ridiculous i think the amount of um sort of deficiencies that are very unknown they go unknown they're quite hard to place it sort of comes down to a lot of people with chronic illnesses and, mm. and unless you really try to if unless you go to a good gp and they sort of test you for everything it is very hard to pinpoint the true um source for a lot of these issues and they can be as simple as a deficiency for example in vitamin d and it's thought that majority of the uk population is deficient in vitamin g mm. due to the lack of sunlight um so yeah supplementation is pretty much required um and recommended across the board in the uk yeah, I mean, I've got my, I've got my vitamin D's here. I'm just gonna get a little shake. <laughs> I've got, they're so cheap. I mean, it cost me a couple of quid, and this is gonna last me a year and a half. I mean, it was the Hollands and Barretts, was it? Buy one, get one at a penny increase or something like that. Um, and they're so cheap, like it's ridiculous. And like you said, I think everyone should be on vitamin D. Um, you yeah. know, just because of the UK and how how much overcast we have. Um, yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, I it, think sorry no sorry you go you go i was I was going to raise a point just because you made me, me me think about something but you mentioned price didn't you mm. and it's such an interesting debate because we're all pts aren't we and people mm. how many people come up to us and say oh i can't lose weight because i don't i can't afford the nutrition or i can't lose weight because i can't afford the, the good quality food or there's always an excuse and it doesn't matter what what their goal is inevitably people tend to often find some some level of excuse but i in my opinion i just can't seem to justify an excuse for your health and rosie i'm sure with your personal background you could probably expand upon this in probably greater detail but there is no real substitute to health and people when we, when when people come up to me and, and say that i just it, it it blows my mind really if i'm honest no i completely agree and i think health is the most important thing at the end of the day and often if it you do sort of leave it to chance later down the line i mean the amount of money i'm very lucky that i had health insurance through the school that we managed to sort of carry on when i have had all of my health issues but i know that um of course for me like it wasn't down to sort of a deficiency or something like that it was something sort of in my genes um but a lot of things can be helped and um for example like going to your training nutrition and nailing all of that can prevent so many other issues in the future that will end up costing you far more money than just sorting your health out in the in the now Uh, yeah Um, and I think from a more social perspective... Like you've got to think of diabetes and all of... It's, it costs sort of the government and and yourself so much money to try and mm. do that. So why not get on top of it now and be healthy and just sort of look after your body because we only have one. Um, I struggle with mine enough as it is and I'm on top of a lot of my nutrition and training and I prior, my health is my number one priority. Um especially now especially now right yeah yeah no exactly and i think i think i think this whole coronavirus outbreak has actually really changed a lot of people's attitude towards it all and it has made people realize how important it is like you've seen so many people do workouts and sort of train and join in with these group sessions online which i mean not all of them are ideal but it's getting people moving getting people thinking um so at least something one little good thing has maybe come yeah. out of it and it will make people think twice going forwards in the future but looking after themselves 100 percent. I, yeah i think that's amazing what you said um and yeah we, we really, really appreciate you uh, having you on the show as well just to talk about nutrition and um and to really really like just generalize it i know we shouldn't but what kind of weighting would you put on nutrition compared with um training because i know you know people would say maybe 70 percent nutrition 30 percent training like what kind of importance or priority you should really put in terms of that to maintain good health 
I don't know because I'm a very they both have very in my opinion they mm. both have very different um health benefits um for example like up to the age of 30 you're improving your bone health and I mean a lot of that is down to nutrition but those will massively reduce your chance of osteoporosis mm. and and although calcium does help with that as well um so i think they're they both have very different health benefits and although i wouldn't sort of say that one is more important than the other i think you need to do both um at the end of the day to get the results and to get that overall health picture nice yeah no definitely definitely that's quite a i mean i think that's quite a good good way to see it um but yeah what, what do you think george anything else I, I do agree on the most part. I, I do believe, though, you can't out-train a bad diet. Fundamentally, you can't out-train a bad diet. So, from my perspective... That is very true. Yeah. From my perspective, you can you can have your training absolutely on point. Everything can be very well-structured, very vigilant, you know, very frequent, very vigilant. Everything is, is, is the way it should be for your goal. But, of course, if you're... <laughs> If you're eating junk, <laughs> then all the training in the world won't won't get you closer to your goal. It yeah. it really does go hand in hand for sure. A mass bar after every workout, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that'd be yeah. That's that's really true. Um, I mean, I, I've made that mistake in the past. I mean, I don't know how many how many countless other people have done the same thing. Where, I mean, this is when I first started off. Really, um, training is obviously getting a rough basic idea of nutrition and i think um like you mentioned rosie earlier about just like the different diets and then looking online and then getting influenced by people online um and yeah just when i started out it was just this confusing mess and i just thought you know what as long as i train really hard you know fuck it i could i could eat whatever i want literally just do what i want but um but later on obviously i realized you know the importance of diet and like you said they're both equally as important and both different health benefits and also like you know rightly like george said um you can't really out train a bad diet as well um i think that that's such a really really key message um with regard to that as well i think if i may yeah it's in a society where we're so in a society where we're so motivated by our external (laughs) physical outcomes so to speak you know abs for example yeah. or uh, you know circumference of the waist or whatever it is <laughs> we're so driven by what we look like that often we we f- fail to forget what's going on inside and if i'm if i'm being honest i'm not the best of this i i think you guys will probably maybe admit that as well mm. because there's always room for growth of course but you know, fundamentally, if you put the wrong fuel into a car, it's not going to run properly and it's going to crash or something more bad will happen, right? Mm. So in the same way, we should be putting the, the, the right quality nutrition into our bodies because that's going to, you know, it, if, you, if you look at your body as like an iceberg, an iceberg in the water, mm. in the ocean, under, under the, the sea level, you've got this 80% mass of the iceberg and that's where everything's going on. It's only the top 20% of the iceberg that's the body. Oh, man. That's the, yeah? yeah. But, of mm. course, underneath, you've got your immune system. You've got your, your organs. You've got the fat. You've got the blood, the circulatory system, everything. And people are just quite often short-sighted. And, and you know, I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I'm, I'm critical of it myself. But we all are to a degree. But it's just you know it's learning to accept that it's okay at times because if you punish yourself then of course the mental the mental implications of that constant punishment just brings about sort of a chain of effects where you just go around in circles so it's it's a balance i think is the key word and that's something that mm-hmm. mike and i always preach on this yeah. podcast it's all about balance isn't it yeah 
I love, mate, you had me at iceberg, man. That was a really good analogy. Um, Thank you. That was, no, <laughs> that was like, quite good. Um, I thought of that on the spot, I must admit. Yeah, no, that's really good. And the, and the fuel in the car one, I think you brought that up quite a few times, but that was quite a good one. Um, mm. But yeah, I agree because um, lately, since the lockdown, actually, I've actually, my, I've been talking about this before the podcast, actually, with you guys, is that my nutrition's actually gotten better, um, strangely. Mm. But then the thing is, I realized in terms of performance, I'm actually doing not bad. But I, yes, I might not be lifting weights, but I'm starting to get the understanding and like the, the feeling of like, you could call it health, like because it really, really occurred to me that training is important. And obviously, you know, you shouldn't really, like you said, Rosie, not um, put too much emphasis on one and the other. But I think that nutrition is, is so, so key because... Um, I mean, if you really think about it in terms of training stimulus, right, you, you only need about 70% of your 1RM to to really get to train maximal strength, right? So that's not even that much. But then mm. relate comparing that with your nutrition, right? Mm. Doing your nutrition properly just seems so much more important because you're getting decent stimulus like from your training and then you do more in nutrition, you get so much more results. And I just no, feel... I agree. I, it just feels amazing lately, like... I haven't felt so well balanced before um, since this lockdown begun, strangely. Um, and I think- It is amazing. It is amazing like mm. how this realization came to me in terms of nutrition and to have you come on and talk about it in further detail is, you know, just clears it up entirely, which is absolutely brilliant. No, and I think it's so important because when I started really looking at my nutrition and properly fueling my sessions, um, it transformed how I was able to train, the weight I was able to lift and the results I was able to gain. Um, and I definitely, I rely, I'm religious with my mm. um, meals around my training and just on a day-to-day -day basis because I know how good it does make me feel when I do train. And if it sort of mucks up my routine, I really don't like that. And I can feel the difference. Um, I've really sort of struggled recently because i've with satiety i've been so full all the time mm. um because i am very sort of close to my fat loss phase and we've been trying to push my calories up as high as possible so we can we have a lot of room to play with when i do enter the fat loss phase and i have sort of i'm normally very volumizing with my food i have loads of fruit and vegetables and i've sort of had to reduce some of the micronutrients just because I've needed to get the calories in in not such an ideal way um, for a very short space of time. I mean, this is not maintainable at all. And just literally for the past week. Um, and I've felt the difference. My skin flared up and my digestive system just hasn't been as good. So I've just sort of sort of had to bite the bullet really and sort of increase my food volume again because I, I, but if you see a lot of my plates on my Instagram when I'm posting my food, they are full of salads, they're full of micronutrients and like even just reducing that to maybe what was a normal amount um, for the general population, like I felt a hit. Um, so yeah, it is, it is interesting. I think sort of it is, I'm really excited to see the research that does come out about as it continues to progress with the um, the gut microbiome because I think that would be a really interesting sort of field to look into more because mm. it is so there's so much going on inside us that we just don't understand yet man I mean that's that's a really good way to to summarize it really in regard to that um, and I know you said um, in terms of the research and stuff like that I mean you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier that you want you you're going to keep learning which is amazing um but yeah. what kind of what kind of stuff do you reckon you you might get into in the future i don't know i'm sort of at a bit of a crossroads at the moment okay. um so i'm looking at continuing to grow my business and that's just my priority with my coaching um but it's whether i do end up looking at going down into sort of a dietetics degree or a nutritional therapist in the future um it's definitely something i want to keep expanding on i don't like having as much of a roof on my head at the moment that I have to sort of stick to um of course to stay within my scope of practice I never put, want to put my clients in danger but I just love to keep learning I'm constantly listening to podcasts and trying to increase my knowledge and I think as more and more research comes out I'll be more 
um, I have more of a decision to make really as to which area I want to go down. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hear about it. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm 100 percent sure. Like, you know, either either route you take, you'll be fine. Like, you'll be amazing at any route. Um, but yeah, so Thank you. wish you all the best on that. But yeah, Thank what about you. what about you, George? Anything you'd like to add? No, I mean, well, first of all, Rosie, we're, we're very blessed, first and foremost, to have you on the on the podcast. So thank you for your time. And hopefully, if you are listening to this now, you've you've gained a little bit of an insight. Well, a lot of insight, because I certainly have, I did, yeah. have loved listening to Rosie, her story. And like I say, I've never I've never had the privilege of meeting Rosie, but her insights and her story alone is quite inspiring for me. So hopefully, maybe you've benefited from that, too. But I really wanted just to take a slight diversion, if we could, just for a few minutes, mm-hmm. because I think it's something that's really, really quite worth addressing. And that is the idea of punishment. And, uh, you know, nutrition is so closely linked and associated to mm. psychology, isn't it? And I'm very passionate about psychology. Rosie, you're very on in with your nutrition. So if we could merge and blend the two and try to find a crossover between the two in the sense that why is it that people have such emotional attachments with food and you've only got to dive deep into a conversation with somebody that isn't happy and isn't confident Mm. with their body and often it comes down to an attachment for whatever reason with food Mm. It's, it's something that's really quite it, it interests me because it's it's amazing I think but Rosie your your thoughts yeah no I completely agree and I know myself personally I used to sort of I like I said I'd over restrict and then end up binging cookies were sort of the, my go-to <laughs> and it's trying to find that balance and I think of course there's that whole Sort of, for example, when someone breaks up with a partner, for example, um, it's the image is sort of Netflix, a tub of ice cream, and just surrounded by junk food. And it, I think, a lot of people really think images like this make people rely on food as a com- a comforting mechanism, and that is where a lot of negative relationships can form. So when, for example, they don't fulfil doing something um when they don't finish their training session or they aren't able to train people will pun themselves about um to not eat and i think that's just a very um situation to put yourself in it's trying to detach the emotional side of the food because you need food for fuel and that is just the biggest thing that i try to ingrain into my clients and if someone does go oh i completely mucked up i went completely over my calories that's okay and we'll come up with ways to try and change like we'll look at why they did it Mm. there's not a problem with them doing it it's a lot like you said it's the psychological aspect of why it happened it's trying to come Mm. to sort of that conclusion it's often a lot deeper than just um there's sort of this food in front of you and you want to eat it um Mm. that's yeah yeah that's that's so well said Rosie thank you for sharing that yeah wow but yeah, yeah um, I don't know if you wanted to add to that but I think yeah, I think it's quite nice um how you put it and I remember one I can't remember where I've heard it but um because I personally I was overweight with like when I was younger uh well, only a couple of years ago uh and the psychological issue behind that I have a really negative relationship with food and as mm. you so rightly said, it happened when I'm at my lowest, uh, that connection. And um, mm. I think, I can't remember, I think it was like a famous psychologist or something. He, he said this basically, he's like, uh, food is basically, when you're in a bad situation, it's like, you're, it's like a friend that just puts their arm mm. around you and just literally won't say anything bad to you. Like, It's it, always there. Yeah. I think that it's so in this common day it's so easy you're surrounded by adverts mm. with fast food yeah. yeah all this completely yeah. hyper palatable food that does often in a lot of people's situations lead to triggers and binges and i think it is very difficult it's we're in a very hard life it's not like it's simple we have to go and make our own food we've got packaged mm-hmm. food 
um, everywhere that we can so easily get our hands on. And it's trying to sort of detach ourselves from the fact that it is, it doesn't need to, to be, although I guess food is comforting, it's trying to detach the emotional comforting aspect of that um, yeah. from it. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's really true. And then obviously like with food, it, it doesn't judge you. Like it's, it doesn't have like, mm. you know, it's, it's nothing really. It doesn't have feelings. It doesn't judge you. I feel like that people can really spill their emotions into their eating habits just because mm. you know if they feel like they're not judged they get to do whatever they want um and that's how i personally felt as well sometimes um quite a while ago and yeah i think i think the key thing is really just to i mean this is moving away from nutrition now but if you if you're in like a more like a negative mind state it's good to just talk to someone as to just resorting to affecting your diet um mm. and that will really help you out i think i mean that's that's what i did and it worked for me yeah no exactly i think it's often it's like it's coming back to the one extreme or the other mm. um and it's trying to find that middle ground with your relationship with food because you don't need to be completely clean and that's not necessarily the most sustainable thing in a day like this it, it is it is seen to be quite restrictive if you want to eat a hundred percent clean for the rest of your life um I mean, we all love a good sort of like, I don't know what your favorite food is, but for me, it's like a takeaway curry. Oh, yes. And like <laughs> the rest of the week, I do eat very, very well, but I look forward to that weekly takeaway curry that I'm having at the moment. Weekly? And <laughs> weekly. Coriander. Wow. I'm entering yeah. a diet phase soon and I'm not going to be able to have it. <laughs> oh, man. Is this, are you talking about coriander lounge? Just to want to make sure. Oh, well, in Southampton, yes. Yeah, definitely right. coriander lounge, but we're currently <laughs> lacking um well our curry house thing just opened up in bristol oh is it it was shut down for ages um but yeah it's opened up and they started doing um delivery which is wonderful oh yeah but um i can't remember where i was going with that yeah uh, <laughs> it's all right <laughs> i got distracted by food yeah i know so, i think yeah. we all been we, we all feel a bit hungry now after this conversation to us yeah, yeah. and it's just or not rely on it for your um for your mental well-being and like you said reaching out and trying to replace it rather than comfort eating trying to replace it with um something um positive like for example if i if one of my clients are having a bad day i try to encourage them to get outside and go for a walk rather than sit on the sofa and think about food and try to because that's when it's when the relationship is formed it's very hard to break out of it mm. that's really true i mean it's like it's like any real relationship with you know another person really i mean once you're in it mm. it's not like you could just turn around and just be like oh by the way it was just it was just you know a joke like you know see you later mm. um i don't think that would really work and it's so true like you said it applies to food um and yeah mate that's that's really good stuff but yeah what about what, what do you think george um in terms of that yeah i think uh, i think pinnacally and fundamentally there's there's two or three main trends and just kind of taking a step back from the conversation that obviously you guys have just a little little combo you've had there i think there's a couple of main trends one is the rise in the foods that are available because of course it's only mm -hmm. maybe in the last 30 40 years that we've had such an explosion of marketing of take of takeaways of all of this fast food chains that of course doing no favors but now it's up to us to now use our mental willpower to block that out so not only have we got a rise in in the explosion of fast foods but we've also there's an, there's an also a trend and an increase in mental health problems and use mm. of social media and i just cannot help but think and ponder in thought that there must be an overlap or some degree of a correlation or a link between those different things you know the rise in the foods mm. that are available the rise in social media use and also the rise as a potential consequence now of depression anxiety and stress yeah. No, I agree. Mm. Definitely. And I think it um I remember when we were when I was doing my nutrition qualification, we had a whole um module on habits and how 
sort of just seeing all this food around us it's constantly we make so many choices in our heads about food each day like hundreds and hundreds and a lot of them are subconscious we don't even realize that we're making them um and i think it does it can definitely lead to very negative impacts on both mental and sort of social well-being as well because people can be afraid to go out because they feel guilty they don't want to eat certain foods and it's a very strange world that we live in now and it does put a lot of pressure on a lot of people yeah yeah it's really It's it's a big world yeah, super fast as well, isn't it? So I feel mm. like people trying to keep up and obviously the mental state's been affected. Mm, no, definitely. Mm. But hopefully more and more research. And I think it is, I think social media slowly is improving and learning. Um, there is definitely more positive images out there at the moment. And I am seeing a bit of a change in a lot of the trends and stuff and hopefully more of a sort of mental health and um positive sort of body image and well-being kind of way so hopefully it will continue to shift like that but i mean there will always be that background of um you've got to look like this and stuff like that i think that's just going to be something that is always going to be apparent Mm. Mm -hmm. well Well, there you go guys if you're listening let's all go follow Fitness by Rosie. That's it. <laughs> is, that, is that right? Fitness uh, by Rosie on Instagram? Fitness by Rosie B. Rosie B, uh, that's it. Yeah. My bad. Fitness by Rosie sorry. B. It's all right. But no, you're, you're, right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you, when you search that name, you know, you'll come up anyway. So, um, uh, yeah. Why the yeah. B? Bailey, surname. Ah, uh, yeah. Rosie B. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> but yeah, you really need to tell us how, um, oh, guys, yeah, just one thing to point out. Basically, um, Rosie made me a uh, well. She made some red velvet cakes, got cupcakes, quite a while ago. <laughs> Absolutely amazing, super dank, right? And um, they were good cupcakes. They were really actually. good. I was yeah. proud of those cupcakes. No, you should be. They were amazing. I mean, <laughs> funny thing is, I was actually in uni, and then um, did I bump into you in the morning as well? I remember I bumped yeah. into you in the morning. Yeah, and I, I sent w- Jack. I sent Jack in. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's so funny. Like he literally just came up to me in um in the cor- corridor and was just like, "Oh yeah, by the way, Rosie wanted you to have this cupcake." <laughs> and I literally stood there. And I was like, "Oh yes!" I oh, finally I was so hungry. I ate it. It was like the best like five seconds of my life. Five seconds oh, was gone. Man. Yeah, um, I feel left out. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, she'll she'll definitely make more in the future. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I definitely baking is sort of my stress release. So yeah. um, it's quite I'm fair. Sure easy, isn't it? Yeah, it's very therapeutic. Yeah. I definitely, I tried to bake something once a week because it's just my time, um, my time with the food and just sort of looking. <laughs> I it, I enjoy bringing pleasure to other people. Oh, I like really seeing nice. the reaction on other people's faces. Oh, I wish you could <laughs> saw mine the other day. But I think you saw another one. Is that, um, or is it, I think I got told off. My, my girlfriend told me off because I didn't save any for her. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, that was quite funny. I do yeah. remember that. I don't get how the message got out. I, I think, honestly yeah. can't remember how that message got out, but yeah. <laughs> Literally, everyone at work was like. Well, I um, think you both were meant to be coming round and getting one, but Jack had eaten most of them by that <laughs> point as well. That was always the contender that you yeah. got to. <laughs> you got like, to compare with. Yeah. I'll go get the macros in. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Oh, we've mate. been dropping. Um, we've been dropping blueberry buff muffins off to our next door neighbours on oh, our doorstep a couple so nice. every now and again nice but yeah no we'll definitely need to link up and yeah get some cupcakes in us at some point <laughs> yes definitely nice business meeting over cupcakes and coffee. yeah we'd love to cupcake and coffee <laughs> way to go but yeah Aww. but um but yeah i think that's that's it from me um i mean we covered a lot in this no, podcast yeah so what anything else you'd like to add george no, I've, what a treat that's been. It is, it's been amazing, so. yeah. Yeah. Thank um, you so much, Rosie, for coming on this show. I, I hope you enjoyed coming on. No, I've really enjoyed it. I was quite nervous, um, I will admit. But yeah, oh, no, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and I hope, I, I hope I've come across all right. To oh, no, perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure fantastic. Yeah. Nice. Thank you so much. Cool. No, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. And uh, we're hitting the one hour mark on the dot. So that's pretty cool. But um, Awesome. Perfect. But yeah, on behalf of um, everyone, I hope you guys stay safe. Uh, you know, just eat, be healthy. You know, eat healthily. 
as we've been preaching this entire podcast and yeah just just stay sane <laughs> stay biggest sane. one stay, stay sane, sane. Yes. i think that is a very important thing to say That's right it. now yeah but yeah thank you very much right. guys cheers thank, thank you, you thank you bye bye